WA Little Rock Public Radio, this is the art scene. I'm Daniel Brain. What do Zoomers, Boomers, Gen Xers, and Millennials all have in common? What's different, and what can we all learn from each other? Bill Marriage has attempted to answer those questions over the span of 21 years in more than 270 episodes. His show Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow has been at times a thought experiment, and at others a historical record. Bill joins us this week to look back at his show's humble beginnings and to tell us about some new changes going forward. Okay, I've got to take you back 32 years in time to where the seed for the program started. I was visiting um, a friend of the family, an older man who was uh, at the Levi Hospital in Hot Springs. He was a, um, a survivor of the Holocaust. Uh, he had been in one of the prison camps there, and he had, uh, he had escaped, one of the few that did escape. Anyway, he made his way somehow after the war to Hot Springs. He found out later that his brother also had survived, but outside of that, he lost his wife, his children— all of his, his family that he could ever th- think of going back during that time. Um, so he started all over again in Hot Springs. So he and I shared a, a very long conversation, and I really enjoyed hearing him talk about something from so long ago firsthand. That's 32 years ago. Now let's go up 10 years. Uh, just before the program started here, I had been in Dallas and was driving back from Dallas Anybody that's done that knows it's a five-hour drive, very boring drive, flat. Anyway, I was thinking, 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 and and I suddenly remembered, for whatever reason, that conversation that he and I had. And so I kind of relived it in my mind and let it go and and got to be thinking about the fact that nobody talks with people very, very often. We don't talk with people as they get older, and pretty soon they're gone and we haven't got their story. And we haven't got any way to get it back once they're gone. And so that I, on that five-hour trip, I basically developed the program idea there, thinking that we should have our generations talk to each other comparatively while they're both while they're all alive, older, middle, and younger people alive at the same time, talking about all kinds of different topics. So during five hours of driving, I kind of developed this idea of the program. When I got back to Hot Springs, I went ahead and, and did, did the other things I was doing, and then I decided I'm going to go for it. I had no real radio experience at all other than that little blurb I was, was telling you about. So I decided, okay, i got to figure out how I'm going to do this. So I, I took the idea and put it into a pitch form, and I went around to three Little Rock stations and pitched it. And I did not want to be accepted by any one of those three because I knew public radio was where it needed to be, if anywhere at all, because I had been public radio listener all my life as, as far as uh, that goes. So I figured I'll practice and get the jitters out and all that sort of stuff in these uh, pitch practices. And they all turned me down, which is fine. So I got a hold of Ben Fry, and uh, now we're talking 20, basically 22 years ago. I uh, got a hold of Ben and told him about the idea, and he thought it was a good idea, but he said, well, I need to talk with Ron Breeding because Ron, he had just hired Ron Breeding as the program director, and he didn't want to overstep him, so we made an appointment. I came up to, to the station, which was in Stabler Hall. I met with him there, and uh, Ron and, and Ben liked the idea, and we thought, well, let's, let's give it a go. So um, we decided 
decided that we would do a live program and we would uh, do a one-hour program on my first topic, whatever that would be, um, and we would do it at the Stella Boyle Auditorium there on the campus. We'd promote it and see if we could get people to come to it and do a one-hour start for the program. So I showed up with my guests. The program topic was parenting. That was the first first topic. I had my older, middle, and younger person there. I had it uh, laid out on the table there, and there was the auditorium there, and we were all getting ready to go. And so I was so un, unfamiliar with radio, and I'm sure that you can remember when you went to school at, at, in any of your classes, there was this big round clock on the wall. I brought one of those to, to follow the time. I... <laughs> That's how I followed the time for that program. Anyway, the other interesting thing about that first program was that nobody showed up. William Wagner was there, um, and uh, Ben was there, and my guests were there. And I, and I think there might have been a, a relative of one of the, of the guests. But other than that, nobody showed up. But we went ahead and did it. And uh, then they, they, and then we did it on a reel-to-reel, which uh, is kind of out, outdated now. Anyway, they aired it. And um, so we left it at that, and and we had talked about, well, okay, let's let's see how it goes. Well, they liked the idea. They liked the way the program turned out. They liked uh, the guests and, and the way we covered the topic. So we decided, let's do it quarterly. So I said, okay. So I prepared another program for a, a quarter out from there, and uh, that one went well, too. Um, and then we, we decide, they decided, okay, let's, let's keep it going quarterly. And then shortly after that, I heard from uh, Ben. I said, no, I think we want to try and do this monthly. Okay. So I went ahead and did the monthly program for maybe four, five, six months, I guess, something like that. And then they decided that let's try and do this bimonthly. So now I'm doing two programs a month, and that's, that's going along pretty good for a little while. And then we decided let's go weekly. Well, now we're getting a little serious about the program. So um, we went along for, I think, maybe two, two and a half, maybe three years total of doing a weekly program. And that was really tough to prepare everything like that. But it was really a, a heart-driven deal, and we, we did it. So oh, one of the things I want to point, about, point out about the um, thinking, the philosophy of the program, is that I've never considered it to be a show. A lot of times you hear somebody, somebody's show, and whatever that is. To me, in my mind, this is not a show. It is a program. It's something that, that I saw lasting for a long period of time and that could be used by other people. And it wasn't in, never intended to be entertainment in that standpoint. It was, it's something for you to think about. And uh, so I was hoping that over time, that with enough programs, we would develop a series in which we have done. So right now we've got about 278 programs that we've done over these 20, now 21 years on the air. Um, so I, I, I do consider it much more than just a show. In fact, when I, re, when I do the program, you may hear me say my name in the beginning and maybe at the end if I remember, but most of the time I'll say my name maybe once or twice during the program because it's not a, a personality-type program. Those of you who have heard the program over the years can, can uh, attest to that. So now we're at the point where we're going to change again. And thankfully, well, I shouldn't say thankfully, but COVID has really changed a lot of things, even here at the station. 
uh, I went. F- this is really the first time I've been up to the station to record anything in almost a year. It's we've had to do it remotely. I did it from home for a long time and didn't and re-aired past programs because we didn't have the capability of bringing guests in these small. Uh, studios. We're just now getting back to uh, thinking about doing that. So the the upstart of all that was that we decided to uh, make a change. And I thought about making a change. In other words, um, I thought maybe I should quit after this many years. Maybe this is the time to quit. But in talking to um, uh, uh, Nathan, as we've consider what to do here he thought maybe we should reconsider that and maybe do something different so we're going to go back to a quarterly program instead of a monthly program it'll be the same format but i'm what i'm going to be doing is uh, mainly new programs and then we'll bring back some of the other ones now this is kind of an important thing because i made a huge mental mistake 22 years ago when i developed this program on that trip back from dallas and as it progressed over time, I thought, hey, this is going to be great. If I can get to 20 years, we can start over and just go back to program number one, two, and three and just go on and bring new guests in or bring in some of the older guests and kind of revisit each topic. Well, that sounds great, and I thought that's what I'd do for 20 years until I got to 20 years, and I began to think about doing this in this new format, and I realized that 20 years isn't enough time. If you sat down with three people and talked about it and listening to the old program, there isn't a lot of huge amount of change that has happened in 20 years. It probably needs 30 or 40 years or even more for there to really be a generational change. And that's, uh, that's part of the generational aspect of the program is that generations take about 20 to 25 years to develop their personality, their I- identity as a separate um, uh, generation. And so my generation, I'm in the uh, uh, boomer generation, and we're about out of here, if you want to get right down to it. <laughs> but we have these other uh, generations, middle and younger, coming up, and they're developing their their ideas. But their parents, their grandparents have talked with them, and they haven't heard a huge amount of change in some of these topics. So from here on out, the topics that we'll be bring back where I revisit the topic will be the kind of topic that actually can have where we will have seen uh, enough change to uh, warrant another topic. But there's plenty of other topics that we haven't covered that I'll still do as a new topic uh, and then add that to the list. But with uh, 270-some-odd programs, that's a lot of programs to consider. Our our second program was uh, on race relations, and it was the uh, uh, the black perspective. I had Dr. Uh, uh, Terrence Roberts on that guest. He was one of the Little Rock Nine. Uh, program number 11 was General Wesley Clark. We did a program on war. Um, I also had former uh, Governor Sid McMath on. And there's many, too many to mention, but I did pick out a few that I thought was worth uh, mentioning to you. John Hope Fr- Franklin was one of my favorite guests. A lot of you may not remember who that person was. He died a few years ago. He was a well-known, nationally well-known historian, John Hope Franklin. He was a wonderful guest. Locally, I had Will- Willie Oates. She was on, and May Horn is the one where she always dressed. She dressed the best. I dress all the best dressed men. That that she wow. she had a men's store in town. She was one of our local people there. I've also had three former presidential candidates on the program. We had John Anderson, who was ran as an independent way back when. Uh, Senator George McGovern was on, and uh, Bob Dole was on. 
Um, those programs I've aired occasionally, mainly around election times, to let people hear those voices again. Also had Marion McPartland on. And then finally, as I, there's so many more I'd, I'd like to mention but can't, Ben Fry. I was really glad to have Ben on there. He did so much to start this program along with Ron Breeding. We lost Ron Breeding a number of years ago, too. So uh, those are that's an overview of the program. I, I hope to be able to continue it on for really as long as I can. And then maybe somewhere down the line, someone else will pick up the archive and do something else with it. That's great. But uh, the archive will be there. And um, that's pretty much what I wanted to tell you about. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And it is such a fascinating idea. And you spoke a little bit about the, the, the genesis of it when you got this idea. Um but I, I guess you were saying you're interested in learning from uh, you know the older generation. What what was the the impetus for wanting to learn from uh, as you put it the middle and the younger generation? What what were you trying to find out from that conversation? I'm glad you asked that because it's um, in my mind. If you're a middle generation person, you're raising children and or kids at different various ages. And if you're a younger person, you're looking back over your parents and your grandparents. And we live in a time now where talking and really discussing is a little bit different from a lot from when I was a, a kid. Not very many people sit out on the front porch on a swing and watch the cars go by or people walk by as a family and talk about things, uh, let alone being able to sit down with somebody else and just discuss issues or, or uh, things of importance in life, uh, the food you eat, vacations, just all the different topics we've done fit into an area where um, people need to talk. And that was the, the, the idea was to be able to let those other generations hear from the older, put their part in, and then the three of them together yeses and nos and different ideas that they want to bring bring out. I try to stay out of the way as much as I can. Believe it or not, I come to the program with a preparation of, of an outline, and I give my guests uh, some preliminary questions, usually 10 or 12 questions ahead of time. We never get to them. We start with maybe one or two, but the pro, the each discussion takes a life of its own from the guests, and they may get to, back to some of the questions, maybe not, but they, they, are the, they are the important parts of it. And one of the other interesting aspects about the program, technically speaking, is that um, I've deleted one. Yeah, I had recorded a program. This is probably uh, in year two, maybe year three. I forget which year it was. But recorded the program, edited the program, had it all ready to go. And when I got all done, I deleted it instead of saved it. Wow. <laughs> and I had not saved it in the you know as I went through. That's the things you learn anyway. Um, so I have deleted one program. Uh, I'm just curious who, who was on that program. I don't remember, <laughs> thankfully. It wasn't, it wasn't Bob Dole. No. <laughs> This is The Art Scene from UA Little Rock Public Radio. I'm Daniel Brain. We're speaking with Phil Marriage, host of Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow here on UA Little Rock Public Radio. He's revisiting the past 20 years of shows, examining intergenerational thoughts, and giving us a preview of what to expect going forward. It's interesting what you said about this this notion of like conversation and how, how it's changed over the years, how it's maybe say that it's lost a little bit of its importance. Um, I was wondering about radio specifically because you um, you grew up in a time where radio was uh, certainly, I, I would say, much more important than it is now. It's still very much part of, of life, but it, it, it 
this was a time when TV wasn't as important. Right. Uh, I was just wondering what drew you to radio specifically? What, what did you like about radio? Why did you want this show to be on radio specifically? Well, I've always been a public radio listener. When I used to live in the Chicagoland area, there was WBBM, and it had mainly classical music on, and every now and then there was sort of the beginnings of what became public radio. And then I, uh, I had moved on to another town out, out west, and they, they did have a public radio station. And when I moved to Arkansas, and I've said this a, f- a few times when, during one of our fundraisers, there, the first thing I did when I got into the state of Arkansas was look for the public radio station. And I was very happy to see KUAR and became an avid listener uh, and to KLRE also. And we're one of the few. There's probably less than 10 stations in the nation that has dedicated uh, classical music and NPR-type program. They're, they're usually lumped together, which is it's, it's okay. But we're very, very lucky to be able to separate like that. But uh, radio has just always been important to me. I really don't watch a lot of TV I do like most people do now. You watch it on your computer screen, which you can, but it's mainly radio, um, and it's just a very important uh, part of life. And uh, not to ask you to sort of give away the secret sauce or anything, but you, when you were talking about uh, the the topics that you covered that you did notice had changed over the past uh, 20 years, what, what sort of things were those? Were those... Um, Maybe topics that you would have expected to to have changed over the past twenty years, or maybe did they catch you by surprise? And they caught me by surprise. Uh, as I looked over the list, I, when I began thinking about doing this this way, I started back at the beginning and looked at some of the topics there, and I didn't. I listened to them, and there were a few of them. I thought I can do this. One of the ones I'm going to be doing uh, coming up shortly, if I can arrange it, is on war. That was an interesting one because things have changed in 20 years about war. There's a lot still going on, but there's a lot of aspects about war. Some of the other ones, uh, like um, um, vacations, that has changed somewhat, but not enough to f- do a one-hour program. There's a, there's just there's got to be some real change in there that I can see that that will go on. But there there are plenty of other topics. Well, sure, war, and I mean, talking to Wesley Clark, General Clark, yeah. I'm sure that his uh, his thoughts on the on the matter were very interesting. And I, I, you were probably did the interview, you know, during a time of war. We did. It was in 2001. Oh wow! Yeah, it, was, it was June of 2001. In fact, I'm I haven't talked with him yet, but I'm hoping that I can get uh, him to come back and review a 20 year old program because I've listened to what he said 20 years ago. And uh, it, it it is interesting to hear what we did and didn't do in that twenty year period of time that he thought about. Yeah. It's a it was a very interesting topic at that time, and I hate to say that um, over this pe- period of time our archive hasn't been able to keep up with past programs other than the, the recent thirty, because there's so many of the programs in the past. Uh, the one I mentioned about John Hope Franklin was a very good one, uh, talking about history, and I had three great historians on. It's amazing that different things that have have passed us by that we don't think about anymore and to have have the archive there people if they have an idea they want to listen to something they could go back and find one of our topics we talked a little bit about the, the how the topics have changed over the past 20 years but also that you know because your show is dealing with younger middle and older generations those two have also changed you know you've seen the younger become the middle the middle become the old and the old become, well, <laughs> we won't go there, but um, I guess, what, what have you taken away from that? Have you noticed, like, the 
maybe a, a new crop of young people, anything interesting about them, or just like watching these people? What I have noticed, a couple of things. Um, in the medical field, there's a lot of programs we've done on medical topics that have had a lot of younger people on there, and they're really bringing a lot of new stuff in from that younger generation scientifically in medical relations. The other one that's kind of interesting is um, um, music. Music to the younger, there's a big change between um, David Miller's Swinging Down the Lane, who was a guest on our program on classical music, but rap wasn't even around when we did that program. And the difference between, that'll be one that we'll probably re- revisit uh, pretty well, because there has been a lot of change in the, in the younger generation bringing a, a whole new set of ideas to music. I th- yeah, I would think that maybe music or just art in general is probably yeah. the the things that would have changed the most over the past twenty years. You really have. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I I, I want to ask a little bit about you, if you don't mind. I, I you told me a little bit about your background. You were in uh, the construction industry very uh, for a long time. Uh, yeah, where, where are you from? What what brought you here? And well, et cetera. I was originally born in the Chica- in the south. Uh, well, mid mid state Illinois. Grew up in, I uh, left Illinois when I was 27 years old after a big snowstorm. I'd had enough of snow. So I went to Phoenix. Quite a difference. <laughs> was there for quite a while. Again, still in construction. I really enjoyed it. I had a business out there. We built a lot of really nice uh, homes on the mountains out there. It was really great. And then in 1986, there was a, a downturn in the economy there, and we weren't really seeing a, a great future. I know I said the wrong year. Okay, in 1984, I believe, was the year when that happened. Uh, anyway, I, I relocated here in 86 thinking I was not going to stay here. I had a, a wife at the time who was from Hot Springs. That was the only reason I ended up in Hot Springs. I came here with her in 1980, but then we moved here in 1986. But my intention was to go somewhere else in the construction field and construction management, but there weren't any opportunities there, and I really liked hot springs. I really liked Arkansas. I fell in love with it, and I enjoyed the construction I could do here, which was uh, restoration of old homes. I did that for a number of years in hot springs, a lot of older homes, and I really enjoyed restoration work. But I didn't want to fall off a roof as I got older, so I decided uh, that I would use my experience in a different way, so that's when I went ahead and tried to get employed with, it took me four years to get in, uh, hide, uh, get hired at Lowe's because they weren't doing a lot of hiring, and I was specific. I wanted to be involved with uh, contractors who needed help with experience. Anyway, that's that's what I did for a long period of time, but radio was never a, a thought until the Weekend Warrior Home Show with Phil and Harry. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, uh, this, similarly, I guess, what, what message do you hope people take away from your show when they're listening to it? Do you, uh, do you hope it sticks in their head for 10 years? That's the best question yet, because what my goal was and is is for s- people to be able to compare what they think about something with someone younger or older than who, th- who they are and not be so judgmental about it has to be a certain way because it has not been a certain way so many times in so many topics. Um, I did a program on uh, immigration um, a number of years ago, and that was a very interesting one, too, because we were listening to immigrants who had come. They were uh, uh, Nina Kuprinsky was her name, the older one, and uh, 
her story was equally moving, was how she came here, why she came here, and then to listen to our younger generation, listen to them, and they asked questions and talked. So each program has, has given my guests an opportunity to talk, and that's what I hope that our audience, when they listen, is in their own home and in their own life, they can find a way to equate to what's going on and how it may help them think about whatever that topic is too. Yeah, we, we talk about uh, sort of like, certainly now it, it seems like it, everyone is polarized and going towards their, their yeah. own little areas and in their little silos of information and things like that. Um, and we talk about, you know, finding common ground. And it seems like that, you know, maybe that isn't a direct goal of your, of, of your show, but it, it seems like that would be sort of like a byproduct of, of getting these different generations together. Well, one of the things that I tell my guests when I'm finding my guests is that our program has never been uh, combative. We never, and I think those of you who have listened to many of our programs, you don't hear us arguing and, and being combative about anything. We're just comparative. You, you have your experience at a certain age, and then the other person has their experience at a certain age, and we compare. We don't argue we we just ne we never would I, I i'm not about that it's about comparing which is not what we see here a lot anymore comparing is something that's great but combating is not good at all was there ever a conversation um that surprised you i guess it, as a you know i just in in thinking that you know the premise of a show is to get older middle and younger people to talk to each other i just you know as a layman going into that would think oh this is going to be a disaster <laughs> like was there any uh conversation that you didn't expect to go well that did in fact and then you ended up learning something about it maybe i don't think any of them turned out bad in the sense that i was disappointed in what happened because they all took their different directions some of the programs that have had very interesting um discussions were one was on pornography that surprised me a little bit. I wasn't sure we could even do one on pornography, but it turned out pretty good. We did one on marijuana. That's probably the most listened to program in my, where I go back to check and see who's listening to what. Marijuana is one of the big programs that has has been listened to over time. Um, that was a very good, and that had a surprise in the sense that my older generation guest at that time, it was a lady, had never tried marijuana but and but we didn't ha we had not legalized uh, medical marijuana at the time, but she had tried marijuana and couldn't believe how it changed her life it for 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 the better um, in her condition. So she had turned her ideas as an older person all the way around about marijuana just because she had finally tried it as a last resort in her situation. Marijuana was a good one. Uh, there have been a lot of them that that, that uh, another one was that's been very popular in a weird kind of way has been transgender. I did a program a number of years ago on transgender. My guest, my older guest was, was uh, 59 years old. She was from Florida, and she had had a terrible time dealing with the transgender issue. My middle generation guest was 37 at the time, and she had, preceded, she had just gone through the surgery part, and she was doing well. And my younger guest was 17 years old. She was there with her grandmother. And her grandmother and family were very supportive of her going through this. That was a very moving uh, topic, also, because it did. I, it surprised me in the way it was received. There were the, my, I could see my the faces on my guests. They um, were really moved by being able to talk openly in our format 
uh, on the radio about that big issue. So that's the kind of things that we've been doing. That was Phil Marriage, host of Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow here on UA Little Rock Public Radio. His show will now air on a quarterly basis on our news station, KUIR 89.1. And you can listen to past episodes on our website, KUIR.org. And that's our show for this week. Please tune in next week at the same time. I'm Daniel Breen, and the art scene is a presentation of UA Little Rock Public Radio.